0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Leadership to Wealth Podcast. We're going to do something fun. We're going to go back to my predictions and topics from uh, 2022, and we're going to look at where we're at here in 2023 and talk about uh, going forward for this year and into next year. So uh, let's jump into that, and uh, your guest will be me, your host, Neil D'Souza, on the Leadership to Wealth Podcast. Okay, so first off, for 2022, I predicted that new real estate investors or people getting into the investing game were going to make big money and and that there were going to be a lot of losers that, uh, that got into properties previously. Okay, with regards to winners and losers, what we are seeing absolutely is that there are a number of people that are losing right now. People are people that bought investment properties at the height of the market are absolutely having to liquidate properties. We're seeing it left, right and center. I just finished a conversation with an investor who is so far under, they are, they, they can't, they can't afford to pay for their insurance on their vehicle and, and they're, they can't afford to pay for food on their table because they based all of their numbers off of what the market was doing. It was going so great. Everything was great. And they didn't factor in higher interest rates, higher food costs, higher everything across the board. And so we are absolutely seeing people lose right now. I know of uh, what you would call real estate gurus that bought multiple, multiple properties and they're losing across the board. If on average they saw their mortgage uh, their mortgage payments go up by even a thousand to two thousand dollars, but they bought twenty properties. You're talking about anywhere from twenty to forty thousand dollars extra that they have to come up with on a monthly basis. And so, even these guys that were telling you how great they were, they did not take into account what it could look like on a downturn as people are experiencing now. On the flip side, people getting into the market. I'm seeing people get amazing deals right now. I'm seeing amazing deals in the market right now where people are willing to negotiate, where people are willing to sell for less than what they bought properties at. You, you know, Now, I'll just talk on the residential real estate side for a second. There is, I know of a property I just saw earlier this year, it was listed for sale at 2.1 million and right now it is being sold for $1.6 million. That is a $500,000 drop in in its price. And we're gonna see more of that coming up where people are gonna be selling. Now, w- when you're talking about investment properties, we're gonna be talking about, you may be looking at duplexes, triplexes, or you know, multi-units, 10 units and above, things like that. Are we gonna see as much fluctuation Once you get above 10 units, no, you're not going to see as much fluctuation. But there are going to be people that want to get out of the market. They just want to take their cash and not have to go through the troubling times that we're dealing with. As for the duplexes, triplexes, these kind of things, we are absolutely seeing massive pressure for even those investors who, who were diversified that way. Now, is it a good time for you to be getting into it? I say absolutely yes, because now, even though I'm not a big fan of duplexes and triplexes, the, the advantage of getting into some of these units now and over the next year or the next two years is that prices are coming down and you're going to be able to negotiate. You're not going to be having to pay top dollar because you're not going to have to deal with 50 other bidders on a property to try to buy it. So absolutely nailed it so people are trying to understand why home prices are dropping so drastically and and the reality is is that because the probably the biggest driver is the mortgage interest rates people kept variable interest rates which in some cases went from 1.5% to 3% to 4 4.5% 4. to uh to five and a half, six percent. People are have seen, you know, in back in the eighties, everyone go talks about how bad the eighties were because it went from ten percent to twenty percent in interest rates. But the reality is that's just a double. And what we're seeing right now is that they've gone from one point five to three. That's a double. From uh, from three to four and a half. That's a triple. From three and a half, from four and a half to, and we keep going up. And so what people are experiencing is mortgage rates at an all-time high that they were not prepared for. And you can't transfer that directly on income properties. You can't transfer it directly to the tenants, especially if you are in an area where there's a lot of um, rental controls. If you're in a province like Ontario or BC, you're you're not going to be able to raise the rents in the same, at the same time, based on what your mortgage payment has been doing. And a lot of people did that. So they're having to sell. The other reason that, you know, why are prices dropping? Because it's not just having to pay the mortgage. It's having to pay to uh, drive your vehicle. The gas prices have gone up exponentially. And so people are trying to figure out, do I feed the kids or do I put gas in the tank? And the reality is, is that it's easier to get rid of your vehicle than it is to get rid of your house. But if your mortgage payment has gone up so much, then in many cases, it's better for people to try to downsize. And so we're starting to see this market where people are trying to downsize if they can. And we're seeing that uh, we're also seeing some people that are going to hold on too long and their their bills, their credit cards are all going to go up way too much and they're going to put themselves in an even worse position. So what does that mean? All that equity, you know, all that so-called appreciation, they'll have to vacate a lot of that. They'll just have to let it go because they can't afford, you can't afford to hold on to that property to make it through they're just going to have to sell and that's why we're seeing prices in in many areas are going down most especially the places where the prices went up the highest even though even though there's other aspects to it that that's the general idea of what we're seeing yeah so one of the things that we're that we've seen is that people that bought at the height of the market they they're getting hurt in a lot of different ways if you're talking You know, we can look at pre-construction where the as these properties are being completed, you know, especially these condos that people bought and they're coming up. And and now it's time to actually close on these properties and people can't get a mortgage for them. And part of the reason they can't get a mortgage is because the property is worth two hundred thousand dollars less than what they than what they bought it for right? What they agreed to. And so they're having to figure out how do I come up with that money? So that that's one side of it. Then then you've got the people that bought houses at the height of the market. And they are. They thought, hey, prices are going to keep going up because everybody says, hey, there's so much pressure from demand. And because the supply is limited, we're just going to continue to see an appreciation, On the prices, which means what you're going to be able to refinance. But what happens when you can't service the debt and the banks know it? They're not going to allow you to refinance, or they're going to want you to refinance at a much higher rate. So, what we're seeing is more and more people literally taking the renewals, not adding any more money, which means that the credit cards continue to build up there all these different payments that they didn't account for are all increasing especially energy costs that continue going up and people are trying to figure out hey i budgeted this much but it's not enough and and so what we're seeing is just a lot of people that didn't factor in these extra higher costs into their everyday living if you were living paycheck to paycheck if you balanced your budget based on how much your paycheck was, you're hurting right now. Oh, is there a housing shortage in Canada is is a very popular question. The answer is absolutely. Now, we see it more in some areas of the country than in others, primarily because under the Trudeau Liberals, they just brought in I don't know, half a million to almost a million Uh, new immigrants and refugees into the country that are all looking for places to live. And and so add that to the people that can't afford the current living uh, locales. And you have tent cities that are popping up across the country. I mean, if you go and all you have to do is uh, go onto YouTube and type in tent cities in Canada and you'll see just streets full of people it it looks like a scene out of the walking dead where people are just roaming the streets up and down because they've got no place to live and you are seeing these tent cities popping up across the country and it's it's really uh hurting people so is there is there demand absolutely is the supply there definitely not and and even for the supply that's there a lot of people can't afford what is being charged on those. And I'm not talking about just houses. I'm talking about uh, apartments as well. Now, everybody wants to know who's responsible for this cost of living that, that everyone's dealing with right now. And I'm going to say two, twofold. Everyone just wants somebody to blame. And obviously, our current government has not been wise in how they've allocated resources. We're watching as veterans aren't getting benefits that they really need. And instead, we're sending money on masse to other countries to fight other people's wars. Is it wrong to help them? Absolutely not. But when you've got our own veterans, our own soldiers that aren't being taken care of, that's a that's a major issue who's to blame? Well, who's to blame for the cost of energy going up? We've seen under this government, they've raised the taxes on fuel costs because what they're trying to fight, what they're saying they want to fight is environmental destruction at the cost of people being able to feed themselves. doesn't make much sense if if people can't afford to feed themselves if you're worried about trying to uh, deal with climate issues that are going to happen in the next hundred years if people can't survive the next hundred days then you've got other items again under this leadership where they've just made poor decisions and allocated money in in a lot of different ways the in terms of the interest rates because everyone wants to blame the bank of canada but i'm going to say this and this is where each one of us is to blame and that is if You weren't listening when the government said, this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to let house prices go up and then we're going to raise the interest rates. And they told us to be ready for it. In fact, what, eight years ago, they actually put in a thing called the stress test where you actually had to be able to qualify for these higher interest rates. And we've had it for all this time. But yet, for some reason... People didn't think that that was ever serious. Oh, we'll never actually see that. But the government has been warning us for almost a decade that they want to see interest rates up at around 5%. So we have to take uh, some of that blame as well. We can't put it all on the government because they told us they were going to do this. Okay. so what can we do on a as a country to deal with to deal with the housing crisis? Honestly, Um, there's not there's not a lot that you and I can do in its current form if if you want to do something about it you're gonna have to do something about it with your vote quite frankly and unfortunately that's that's going to be another year and a half before the next election because our current government has made it very clear that they are moving this forward now for the people that are in a good position, meaning maybe they don't have much mortgage or no mortgage, they're not nearly as worried as as everybody else. So so they don't see the need for a change. How do you and I get more houses built? How do we get more apartments available? Well, unless you're prepared to get involved and actually build them, the, nothing, none of that is going to change because the reality is that the government are currently federal government is making it more and more difficult for even those those properties to be built. We're not seeing this massive increase in in houses being built, in apartment buildings being built, because it's not to their benefit to build them. Most of these builders are going to lose money if they build it in our current environment, and our government does not want to give them incentives to go ahead and do that. So what are you going to do? You got to figure out how to make more money if you're trying to figure out how to survive right now. That's the reality. Oh, the, the question of do you make more or spend less? <laughs> the answer is yes. Make more and spend less. You know, get rid of the things that you don't need to uh, that you don't need to have. The the reality is is that the the poor don't make enough money. They're, they're always going to be just getting by the middle class, by and large, are a group of people that love to buy liabilities. They love to buy things that, oh, I can afford. So they pick up car payments, they pick up boat payments, sea dues, cottages, they pick up all of these things, but you're paying it out of your own paycheck, based on future earnings. Your current paycheck isn't going to pay it all off. Instead, you're you're betting that you're going to be able to make more money in two weeks, in four weeks, in three months, and be able to continue paying these off. Any disruption to that, including prices going higher on the things you're already buying, it throws all your budgeting out. And so the middle class are, are losing massively right now. Now, the, on the other side, for for people that are rich or wealthy, what they've done is they've actually reduced their burn rate, you know, how much money they're spending, but then they're also investing to be able to offset that. So for instance, you know, we, we bought a, I'll, I'll tell you a little personal example. We, we bought a car and we could have paid for it cash, but instead of, paying for it cash, we took that money and we put it out in a in a mortgage. We actually lent out a mortgage. Um, or as some of you guys have heard me talk about before as a private mortgage. And that private mortgage is paying the loan on that vehicle so that we get the vehicle and we get some profit out of it rather than just having the vehicle and having, uh, you know, okay, we could have paid it off. We don't have any payment, but now we're getting both. And we'll still have the money at the end while we have the car. Um, All right, let's quickly talk about what is going on for the rest of 2023. We're here in August of uh, 2023, almost into September. We are seeing an increase right now in properties coming available. Unfortunately, it's not enough that there are more people that need to be putting their properties up for sale right now because we're looking at a spring market that's Going to be rammed with properties available for sale. That, that's what all the data is indicating right now. Because it doesn't look like people are going to be able to hold on to those high priced mortgages for an extended period of time. So, what are we looking at? Um, in terms of single family homes, there are absolutely deals available. Is it a good time to buy a single family home? You can absolutely get a, a deal on a single family home. You can you can actually go in and negotiate on these properties. If you are in that bracket, if you're able to then take on that next level of debt with the property that you're buying. What about for investors? Is it a good time? My answer is absolutely. We are watching as fewer and fewer buyers are coming into the investment market. Why is that? Because the government is making it harder and harder for investors to be able to buy investment properties. Uh, OSFI right now has changed more rules and they're actually looking to continue to make changes on investors and what access investors have to finances, to to money, to borrowing. And so that is going to make it more and more difficult for investors to get in there, which means that if you've set yourself up properly, if you've been doing your due diligence, you've been watching your budget, you've been getting money ready, then there are more and more opportunities for you to be able to buy because there aren't as many people uh, out there trying to buy investment properties right now. The The other side of that is it's not always about getting financing from the bank. Have you been building your network? Have you been building JV partners, joint venture partnerships? people that have money and go in and acquire properties. I can tell you that I am actively, actively right now, looking at properties, 50 unit, 100 unit buildings, 150 unit buildings right now, because we are seeing massive opportunities out there. And so without a doubt, we're we're gonna see more of those opportunities coming. So is it a great time for investors for the rest of the year? Absolutely. Now, here's the one thing that I want to tell you guys for 20, the rest of 2023. Interest rates are going to continue going up. They are not done. We're going to see more interest rate hikes, at least one more in the coming weeks, probably two more in, before the year is out. You want to think about what the impact of that is on your bottom line if you can afford it you do not want to be adding more liabilities to your balance sheet to your budget you don't want to be doing that over the next number of months if you don't have that space available so think uh clearly not i don't want to say hard but clearly about the liabilities that you take on think about how you can make more money through investing your your dollars and And just be able to ride out the the wave that we're seeing this which is pretty scary you might call it a tidal wave that's going to be kind of scary and we don't know what's going to happen with energy costs how much higher gas and natural gas and electricity going to get over these next few months food costs you want to put something aside and prep yourself for some rough waters, because that's really what we're looking at over the next number of months for 2023. All right, guys. Well, that's my uh, the update. We looked at the recap from 2022. That's my prediction for the rest of this year. And we're as I let you guys go. There's I want to say there's no reason for you to have fear if you plan. Prepare and plan, and there's no reason to fear. You'll do great. You'll make more money than you've ever made as you exit out this year. And we will see you again next time on the Leadership to Wealth Podcast.